I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath. I've had to relocate because it's the hottest day of the year and my conservatory is essentially a sweat box. So I'm now in my TV room, sat on the floor with the mic perched on a box in front of me. It's not a very uh, modern setup or indeed technological, but hey, this is the Kings of Anglia. That's not how we roll. Luckily, with me as ever, is the man who knows what he's doing and is very technological and makes us able to put out the podcast. That is, of course, your friend and mine, Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren. How are you? Hello. What um, What's the difference between a TV room and a lounge? Uh, well, the lounge is a big, much bigger room with a fire in it and a much bigger, t- uh, much bigger television. The TV room is uh, essentially a bedroom, um, but because we are child-free and, and careless, um, we've converted it into a TV room. So it's where I've got a lot, a lot of my sports memorabilia, many, 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 many DVDs, um, a nice leather sofa, and. Uh, a rather restrained size-wise TV. Uh, it also used to be, in my days where I used to actually play video games, have time to do that, um, my video games room. So there's still a, an archaic PS3 in here. Nice. Uh, I can't remember was the last time I turned it on. Actually, to be fair, I turn it on quite a lot, so I use it to watch Netflix and Amazon Prime up here. Um, okay. I still have a VCR in here as well, Hutchie. Do you? For our younger listeners, they'll be scratching their heads and saying, <laughs> That's a, a video uh, recorder slash player, and I still have videotapes of American football, uh, boxing, and football matches going back probably to the mid-80s. Are these like, ones you've taped off the TV? Yeah. Wow. Every so often, I throw one in and have a look. Uh, and part of the joy of it, uh, as well as obviously watching the, uh, the old-school action, is the old-school adverts you get in the advertising breaks um it's surprising how many i can still kind of pretty much uh go word for word on they really seep into your head <laughs> you know, an, an advert an advert i used to love i don't know if you have you come across this one in your in your tape watching times the milky the milky way advert the red car and the blue car do you remember that one yeah red that, car blue car had race yeah that's that's one of my favorite adverts that and the old Guinness one, tick, follow, tock, follow, tick, follow, tock. Is that the surfing one? Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, that one. That one. That is, that is the... Very that is, good. That is the balls when it comes to adverts, isn't it? I think that won multiple awards. Yeah. The other one I remember is um, the tank... You've been tangoed, you know, yeah. got, um, in Orange Slapping that got banned, didn't it? Yeah, you can't do that. Kids were popping eardrums with it. And um, the Mr. Soft as well, do you remember that? The guy, the guy walking along, Mr. Soft. It was yeah, yeah. Mince yeah. Advert. Um, that's mince as in um, soft mince and not mince as in beef. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very different advert. Yeah. Um, Hutchie, I digress. I've, I've, I've dominated conversation with talk of my television room. I'm actually sitting holding a cricket ball at the moment as well, which is another bonus of being up here. Um, Why not? How are you, Hutchie? How has your week been? What's going on in Hutchie's world? It's a quite momentous week in our house, actually. Some big, some big things, some big things happening. Um, yeah. Starting with, for the first time in my life yesterday, I did something I've never done before. I installed a new toilet seat. Is it is it slow close mechanism? It is, but it's it's not great. It's kind of a t- 
we needed a temporary one. We hope we're hopefully going to get the bathroom done at some point. So this is kind of a a temporary measure, um, and you can tell it's not great, but it's better than the one that was there before. So that's good. Um, we also had a new mattress delivered yesterday, which was very exciting. So I slept on that last night, and the early signs are good. And then tomorrow, we're finally having some some new windows installed on the front of our house. Um, none of which, at the moment, are able to be opened. So we are going to be able to open windows at the front of our house, uh, possibly by Friday. So big, big week. That's exciting. I want to I want to delve more into the mattress, so to speak. Um, talk me through it. Is it memory foam? Yep, it's a foam. It's a foam one. It's one of these ones that this. I'm, sit, I'm actually sitting next to the box now. It just comes it comes all rolled up in a box, and you get it out, cut the plastic off with a little tool that they give you. Yeah. And then leave it for a few hours while it kind of regains its rightful form, and then you're good to go. Have you also, along with that, have you upgraded the pillows? No, I haven't. Um, I did consider it, but so far I have, have not. I don't know whether we should or not. I'd highly recommend it, my friend. We um, When we got our new mattress, um, we upgraded into with two memory foam pillows as well, which cost like 100 quid a time. But honestly, it's some of the best money I've ever spent, mate. I, can't, I really can't sleep without that pillow now. When we go away, I take it with us. Really? Yeah. I mean, if it, yeah, if it was up to me, I probably would have done, but we we stopped short of that for now. But we can we can go back and get go back and get some. We wonderfully got a fifty um, percent NHS discount because of my wife's job, which wow. on a ma- on a mattress is a significant saving. Yeah. So um, yeah, saved like four hundred pounds, which is which is pretty wow. good. That's quite right as well, obviously, Vicky, NHS hero. Exactly. She's raking, raking in the hero discount. <laughs> <laughs> and also, actually, as well as the windows, you're getting a new door soon, aren't you? Now, this is, yeah. people may think this is boring, but friends, let me tell you, in lockdown, this is peak excitement. Well, it's peak point- excitement outside of lockdown, mate, to be quite yeah. honest. Yeah. Talk us through it. What's it? What is it? Are you going, are you going modern? Are you going kind of nostalgic? What's the deal? I'll tell you what we've current. What we've currently got is a wooden a wooden door that, depending on the heat and temperature, uh, it either expands or shrinks. Yeah. Um, and when it expands, it doesn't open much like the windows. Bod's jobs all over this house when we bought it, but I think we finally eradicated them all. But um, so but it's a really nice door. It's a nice wooden green door with a nice little little panel in there. But what we're doing is uh, we're getting a a more modern. A more modern one, um, but still maintaining some classic vibes. So, all in all, a nice mix with some nice etching as well with our house number on it. Very Excellent. exciting. Colour? Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Anthracite. What colour do you reckon anthracite is? Sounds to me like it'd be sort of greyish. Correct. Yeah, a relatively dark shade of grey, but not. Has it not got any stainless dark. steel on there? Um, we went for the we went for um the second most expensive knocker. We've gone big on the knocker. 
You've got to go big on the knockers, haven't you? You've got to go big, but not too big. Um, otherwise, you're in trouble. <laughs> and a nice letter, but yeah. I think they're chrome, yeah. actually. Uh, anyway. Nice. That sounds like a sexy front door to me, Hutchie. I look forward to seeing pictures of it. I'll let you know. <laughs> right then. Um, we, better, we better move on from knockers to football, Hutchie, because this is, after all, a, a, ostensibly a football podcast, Ipswich Town. Um, let's, there's obviously quite a lot to talk about this week. Let's start, first of all, with the latest in the ongoing drama that is the EFL League One season. Now, this time last week, we were pretty confident that it was all going to be called off and we we're expecting even it to be called off either later that day, the Wednesday or the following day. We're hoping it wasn't called off too soon and we got our wish because it's still on um, or not off, shall we say. Um, so the EFL board are meeting again today. Last week, Town uh, were one of six clubs who came out pushing the case saying they want to finish the season. Um, interesting, the top two, Coventry and Rotherham, not in that six. Obviously, Darren McAnthony, Peter Chairman, um, went live with that on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, what's what's the latest then, Hutchie? There's a meeting today. They've not had a vote yet, have they? No, and I don't think that's going to happen today either. Um, so, yeah, famous last words, but it doesn't seem like the resolution is going to come today necessarily in terms of finishing the season it's pretty clear that now that the season won't be finished I don't think you're suddenly going to be having Ipswich hosting Bolton and Southend in games behind closed doors but it does seem like this move for a expanded playoff format of some description is gaining a little bit a little bit of momentum um you know, it wouldn't surprise me if if that happened. And, and I think that relates to the statement from the EFL at the end of last week where they said stress that they were open to and looking for creative and innovative ways of of getting this getting this concluded in something like resembling a satisfactory way. But it's pretty it's pretty clear that it, it really doesn't look like the season as such will be finished. Even with the expanded playoffs, though, which last I saw was the was teams three through ten, that will still mean that Town miss out, wouldn't it, on the on the points per game? Yeah, well, it depends how you look at this because if when 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 EFL when the EFL sort of announced the decision regarding League Two last week, which was which is is being curtailed, um, but the playoffs. Um, competed as as are so positions four four to seven in League Two, playing the playoffs and the teams go up. The EFL in that statement kind of suggested that their preferred way of curtailing things was to use an unweighted points per game system right. to to do that. And that said to me that if EF if League One gets gets called off. An unweighted points per game system would be would be used, and and that would obviously move it switch down to eleventh because we, we've spoken about that a lot. That that under all of those points per games formula, that moves it switch down a place to eleventh. So yeah, if it's a third, if it's a third to tenth situation, if it's outside of that. But then if you also think about it, if if League One is rejecting rejecting using points per game or indeed weighted points per game 
to decide ultimately the standings in League One. Mm. Are they rejecting using that to decide who gets into the playoffs and are you just cutting it off at 10? I don't know. Um, whichever way you spin it, I think we can all of it. Ipswich would be hugely fortunate to be included in this, given the trajectory of their season and where that was all going at the time at the time it was all called off. Although I, I you know, I fully believe that they would have they would have finished higher than than they currently are, had the season been allowed to play a conclusion. And I guess that highlights why a points per game formula doesn't accurately um depict what what would have happened and and most notably with this i think one of darren mccantony the peterborough peterborough owner one of one of his big gripes is that under certain points per games formula i I forget which one it was wickham jump from outside the playoffs to finishing third because they've got a game in hand and it's all so tight but their game in hand is away at coventry a team that had a team that had have only lost three matches all season. And under points per game, you would be awarding Wickham nearly the best part of two points for a for an away game at Coventry, which on the face of it, they would have been unlikely to get. So I can see all of these arguments and this is just why it's so messy. But um, yeah, we will see. I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't think anybody knows. Um. One thing, one thing I do know is that it sounds like there's been significantly fewer meetings than sort of the public noises suggest. Yeah. In terms of actual meetings involving clubs, I don't think they've. It's not. It's not like they're meeting every day to talk about this. It's. It's kind of maybe been pushed a little bit far in the in the media regarding how many actual discussions have been had. But um, yeah. There's another one today, and I don't know if that's going to reach a conclusion either, but we'll see. I just want it to be over, Hutchie. I just want them to make a decision one way or the other. We can all move on with our lives. Yeah, exactly. I mean, likelihood is town aren't going to be involved either way. So let's just move on. End the season, if that's what you're going to do. And let's look to next season. God knows when that might be. Um, But obviously, Lambo, the man we used to call the Honey Badger. The Honey Badger's not really a thing anymore, is it? Um, It's fair to say. He's been he's been quite vocal this week. He's been on on five live, and I saw you've done a bit just this morning with him, uh, chatting to the Daily Mail as well. Uh, and he's he's been quite strong with his words, saying that basically there's not been enough leadership, um, yeah. and that someone has to step up and make a decision. And this morning, interestingly, he's been talking about that expen- expanded playoffs idea as well, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, the leadership stuff's interesting, and that like, came across in in everything that he's done. Really, about a lack of leadership, but particularly in League One, he says, which which you can kind of see is true. Like League Two have obviously come to a consensus um, together, which seems quite a sensible one. The Championship are aligned with the Premier League and very much kind of in step with what the Premier League are doing and taking their lead from there. But League One has kind of been left to flop around by itself with a kind of mix of agenda from top to bottom, really. Um, and it's highlighted to me just what a mix and match division it is in League One, because you've got eight or nine clubs at the top end who see themselves as championship clubs at least, mm. who have kind of fallen away. 
um, and have got themselves into this situation where they're in the third tier. You've got other clubs in there, sort of in the lower reaches, who are really kind of, without being disrespectful, closer to being non-league football clubs than 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 championship clubs. So I can see why leadership of that league is difficult, but it does seem like the third tier is is lacking the direction and you certainly the unity that all of the other leagues are have managed to managed to have between them. Yeah. And Lambert on, on the playoffs thing, Lambert's not a big fan of that idea either, is he? I think what was it he's saying who's 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 come up with this, they must lie in bed at night and just spout things. Peterborough have come up with this. That's who <laughs> that's it. That's who's come up with that. And I'm sure he knows it. Yeah. Um it's not the the cynical thing to do would be to look at Ipswich and think, yep, they're they're the ones driving this because they they've got the most to gain in that because if you ignore all the if you ignore all the you know the, the talk around whether they deserve to be in it. Yeah. Which they don't. They've got as good a chance if it happened and it was a level playing field, I would I you never know they've got a chance of winning it. Which yep. would lead to the most bizarre, ridiculous of promotions, but that's an opportunity that Ipswich wouldn't turn down if it. Whatever Paul Lambert says about uh, it's a it's a mad idea. Who comes up with it? Which I can see, you know, there are ideas being chucked around all over the place. But would Ipswich reject the opportunity to be in it? Mm. Well, of course, they wouldn't. They'd fancy themselves now, wouldn't they? Like you say, with the players coming back from injury, they'd have, they'd have the Jelly Man back, Norwood back, fit and firing, Lancaster. Um, Lancaster as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be fascinated to know, you know, I'd, who knows if it's going to happen or not. Um, it's certainly on the table, and it's certainly being discussed. And who knows if Ipswich are going to be in it? Who knows? Um, but either way, I'd be fascinated to know how it how it happens. Is it would it be a simple playoff scenario where you kind of third v what third v tenth? It doesn't. Doesn't and then knock out from there all the way through, or do you play some kind of round robin group with handicap? Like Ipswich would be handicapped by the fact that they were seven points adrift of third, and all the teams start on I don't know a points per game calculated number and are handicapped from there. Who knows? And I'm sure they're discussing all of this. Whoever's coming up with the ideas, it's all been, it's all been discussed. But I'll be fascinated to see how this ultimately rolls out. Yeah, I did like one theory I thought this week on social media. Um, someone saying that that Town want to finish the season because perhaps they think that by forcing other lesser, he says lesser in inverted commas in terms of finances, teams to play, it could actually damage teams around them. I.e., Town with seven hundred grand to finish the season behind closed doors. Town with Marcus Evans at the helm can probably take that hit, but other clubs, like you say, are going to suffer, aren't they, mm-hmm. uh, by having to play? Uh, yeah, weaken their weaken their hand and all that kind of stuff. Which obviously is quite a cynical thing, but football's a business, isn't it? And uh, you do wonder. I quite, I just quite like that theory. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that's in any way in any way it's which is thinking but football is a business and what i'm sure is in their thinking is that the cost the cost of doing this behind closed doors 
um, is is less than the cost of potentially refunding what's left on season tickets or or whatever. I don't know how playing behind closed doors would affect the the rights and what Ipswich are legally bound to do with tickets and stuff like that. And and they certainly know that offering refunds is going to be a very real scenario, whatever happens from here. It's something they're preparing for. It's something they're considering. But if they could use the rep, what, what, if a season restarted and they were involved in it from a business sense, they may end up being better off from doing that. And that's certainly in their thinking as well. Okay, well, as it stands, the season is still up in the air. Players can return to training as of next Monday, I think it is. Obviously, that's the bank holiday, so I doubt they'll be back then. Um, going to be very interesting if they do come back to training, actually, how that's going to look. Obviously, there's a lot of protocols out there. Uh, no contact, no tackling. Players have got to bring their own drinks, which is a fucking liberty. Bring your own drink? Or bring your own drink. You're a League One footballer, professional. You've got better things to be doing. You do not want to be bringing your own drink to work. It's ridiculous. So can they be trusted to bring their own drink? They'll probably mix it up wrong. I'd love to see what Norwood would bring. Iron brew. Exactly. (laughs) And also, they're not allowed to shower as well. Seen that? Just go home. They've got to go home to shower. They can't shower at the facility. Um, So, yeah, that's going to be football training, but not as we know it. Very interesting if it does come to that, how that all goes down. Well, this um, could revolutionise the game, mate, because you never know from when, once, once things begin to return to genuine normality, players might be asked to bring their own drinks more often. Incredible. And then, then, then the next step is pack-up, isn't it? You've got to bring their own pack lunch. Yep. Or will they have a hot dinner? Who knows? Just bring leftovers from the night before. That's always the envy in our office when someone brings in a proper meal that was yeah. left over from the night before. Watson does this occasionally. Occasionally he'll just bring in a couple of slices of Domino's pizza and a bit of foil. Bastard. He was yeah. quite a lot, wasn't he? Yeah. And then everyone just flop. Whoa, what's he got? What's he got? Just flock round and, oh, it's just leftover bolognese. Yeah. So that will happen at, that will happen up at Playford Road. Answer me this, which member of this, which town squad is most likely to be that guy who puts fish in the microwave? <laughs> um, Toto. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> I can see Norwood doing it just for a laugh, just to piss yeah. off. I think Norwood's the kind that would microwave like a tomato pasta and not put the lid on it, and it would just explode and cover the entire inside of the microwave with like tomato splashes. Yeah. And then not wipe it down. I like it. Can we talk about his hair quickly? Well, he's on the list, but we might as well now talk about Norwood. He's, um, he shared a picture yesterday on Twitter of his lockdown haircut, um, comparing it to Marv, the, the crook played by Daniel Stern in the Home Alone films. It is very similar. Um, it is, I've, I've described it as flyaway in the, uh, the Pulitzer Prize winning bit of journalism I've done this morning online. Um, it's quite something to behold, isn't it, Hutchie? He's looking, yeah. It's safe to say that the transplants worked. Yeah. He's got a bet. He's got. There's a strong hairline there. Yeah. Strong. I like the shirt that he's wearing as well, with a little um, sewn in, pre sewn in pocket square in the, <laughs> in the pocket. I like it. It's got a big TV in the background. He's also got a similar coloured wall to what we've got in the, uh, in the hallway of our house. So similar tastes 
you know, don't want always thought of quite similar characters. Yeah, very, very similar characters. <laughs> <laughs> Have a look at that. That picture's online now. Um, if you've not seen it, because it is definitely worth looking at. Um, incredible hair. Uh, Hutchie, let's get into the meat, shall we? From the Sorry, supply. mate. Breaking, breaking news. Three Ipswich McDonald's drive throughs are to open. Yes. From this, from this week. It, it worries me greatly that um, whenever these things reopen, A, they're the most read thing on our websites, uh, and B, they cause traffic chaos. It's horrific, isn't it? The, the notion that in these times of lockdown and folks dying and all that kind of stuff, the fact that a McDonald's reopens and shuts down Ipswich because people are that, mm. that desperate to get a cheeseburger yeah. makes me worry for society as a whole. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I won't be, uh, I won't be rushing out. I I can assure you of that I won't be rushing out to uh, to go there in any sort of time whatsoever. Yeah. But it does excite me when stuff like this opens because people get excited, and I I enjoy watching other people's excitement, particularly the people people of Peterborough are going to be absolutely buzzing because six McDonald's in Peterborough wow. are, are opening. Wow. What a time to be alive if you're in Peter. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's all right, mate. That was exciting. I liked it. I thought you were going to say the season's been cancelled. But... No, 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 no. None of that. I was, just on, I was just on Twitter looking at the picture of Norwood's hair again while we were talking. And it, popped, and it popped up. So I thought I'd uh, thought I'd flag it up. Good. I'm, I'm pleased you did. Let's get into the meat of the podcast, my friend. The big thing that's happened at town this week, the contracts, which we discussed I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, decisions have been made um, and some interesting decisions actually. So yeah, headline, yeah. Cole Scoose, Scoose has been given another year. Um, that's probably the headline thing, which kind of split fans on social media. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, Gwion Edwards, they've taken the option on Gwion Edwards. And then Will Keane, Jordan Roberts, Jay Robs, shed a tear for him. And Danny Rowe, at the moment, they're, they're not going to be re-signed. They're not going to be um, offered anything, although the door is not closed. So let's go through it one by one, shall we, Hutchie? Scoose, first of all. Yep. What are your thoughts on, on Scoose getting an extra year? I think I think that's the right decision. I do. Um, he's a good football player. He's not an eye-catching football player. He's not, with the greatest of respect, he's not an exciting football player, but he's a good football player. He's a good person, and he he's still got something to offer, very definitely for me in in midfield. Um, particularly given that Flynn Down's circumstances are going to be uncertain, um, and everything there. Um, I I think that was the right decision. I know it splits people, but I I, I think I think the right decision was made on that one. Um, notable that it was a new deal rather than the option. Um, Coles always said that he didn't think the option on his contract would be taken um, and Ipswich weren't keen really to take the option on his contract either um, and that a fresh one would be negotiated. So he's got another 12 months and then an option on top of that. So feasibly it's another two, a two year, another two year contract for Cole. It's worth saying though that um, I would imagine almost certainly um, the new contract will be a reduced reduced terms compared to what the option would have been, mm. which is why I believe that's why the Ipswich were keen on on doing that. Mm. 
just looking at the, we ran a poll on the KOA Twitter. If you're not following that, why not? Kings of Anger on Twitter. Um, 73% KOA listeners saying that was a good deal. So slightly more positive than what I saw what on a wider um, social media thing where a lot of people, incredulous excuses, got a new deal. Um, so next up, obviously, Edwards. Brian Edwards. We talked about him. You were saying you thought that, that Town would do something with him, and, and they have. They've They've extended. They've taken the option, basically, haven't they? They've not. They've he's yeah. not a new deal. They've taken the option on 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 his deal for the next year. Yeah, and that 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 says to me that they're well. I know that they 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 will be talking to him about a new contract, but it's maybe not quite done yet. And just to cover themselves, that option needed to be taken. The deadline for those were, were last weekend. Mm. Um, there are trigger points in contracts where they need to be taken. Um, I think they would. I, yeah, I, I fully expected them to to keep Guion Edwards. He's he's done a good job for Paul Lambert this year, um, albeit not hugely regularly in his actual favoured position up on the wing. But he's done a good job for Paul Lambert on the wing uh, as a wing back. Sorry, uh, grew into that. Um, and yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they've tried to keep him and have kept him. But I'd imagine down the line there may be a new contract coming for him. Okay. Remember when uh, we called him Suffolk Gigs back in the day? Well, I say we, me, when I called him Suffolk Gigs back in the day. Still a chance. Still sticking to, with that? Well, there's still a chance to prove that he is next season or whenever we start playing again. Can we just, on that note, can we say that the Honey Badger at the moment, in terms of current status, is not a thing. Okay, we'll roll it back just for a little bit. I just can't see. I mean, he's he's got to do something, hasn't he, to get back to Honey Badger status? I think. Anyway, um, and then from the more interesting ones for me are the guys who who may or may not be departing. As it stands, obviously they are. Will Keane, which is a very interesting one for me, and Danny Rowe, because I've seen quite a lot of people saying on, in both counts that. Um, both Keane and Rowe, they think they should be offered offered something at town. What, what are your feelings on that? Mm-hmm. Well, these are, these are the two. When when the club's general manager, Lee O'Neill, speaks about the door not being closed for those that haven't had their options taken or new deals done yet, he's talking about Keane and Rowe. Um, I think it's been pretty clear for some time um, that, that Jordan Roberts would be on his way out. We can have a little chat about him in a minute because I've Let's talk about Jordan Roberts quickly now, actually. I would quite like... I'm disappointed we didn't see more of him, actually, as a winger. Yeah. Because the times that I have seen him play on the wing, that he, there's something there. He, he's a good crosser of the ball. And he gets himself in some good positions. I'm a bit disappointed that we've we've not seen him in those, in those roles. And he's been used as kind of a makeshift striker, mm. um, certainly throughout all of Paul Lambert's time. But I think the writing was on the wall for him when he went off to Gillingham. He's only played a minute of league football this season. So um, pretty clear that he was on the way out. Um, but yeah, Rowan Rowan Keane, it wouldn't surprise me at all if down the line these were two players that, that Ipswich went back to once things become that little bit, little bit clearer. Um, but both of them, you know, you could make an argument for, for why you would want to keep both of them. Um, with Keane, um, he's obviously the, the third senior striker. Some would argue, and quite rightly in many ways, you could technically he's probably the best the best striker at the club. But 
in terms of in terms of his his control, his laying the ball off, bringing others into play. When when it's just play the game in a way that suits him, which we saw on a few occasions, particularly away at Coventry in the two games in sort of December time. Mm. He's a really, really useful player for Ipswich and, and offers something really quite different up front. But then on the flip side of that, when they don't play his way, he almost, and, and I'm sure he was hugely frustrated by this because it, it wasn't good for him at all. He's not the greatest in the air, despite his his height. He's not going to win you when you like bundles of headers up there but mm. but he could look often look quite frustrated with balls kind of lumped up to him in the air that he wasn't able to win um and the game can bypass him like that and as and as we know he's not hugely he scored six goals for Ipswich this season but you wouldn't describe him as kind of a prolific scorer or a kind of chance maker he get himself in positions to score so that's that's the knock on Will Keane um Danny Rowe is one that He's maybe quite will be quite disappointed to be to be out of contract now because I think Danny Rowe has got a little bit of everything in all all attributes really, um, but he's never been able to do it consistently enough, um, and that's down to him in some ways. Um, Paul Lambert's called him a confidence player on a few occasions, the ultimate con- confidence player, and that when things are good, it's going really good. When it's going not so good. Um, he finds things harder um, so he's not always been able to take the advantage of his opportunities but he's also until this season he hadn't really had a chance at Ipswich Mick McCarthy signed him um, and he played seven games on the Mick Paul Hurst was a was a nightmare for Danny Rowe he played he played two games as a substitute and was was farmed out not involved and, and he found things really difficult during that time and then again, he, he came in and played as a substitute in Paul Lambert's first two games and then was loaned out to Lincoln again. He's mm. played 20, 20 games this year or so. And he's shown a bit of something in, in all of those games, really, without taking them by the scruff of the neck and without dominant, dominating those games from the wing. But And he hasn't played since December due to an knee injury, which probably hasn't helped his cause because he, he wasn't able to, to build on that start to the season that he had and, and show going forward. But... There's something there with Danny Rowe, and I would be surprised if he wasn't picked up, certainly by a top-end League Two club, if not a League One club, mm. um, going forward. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Ipswich went back in for them when things became a little clearer. What, what about you, Hutchie? Where do you stand on on Keane and Rowe? Because for me, Will, I mean, I'm always surprised that Will Keane's such a divisive figure because. People don't really sit on the fence with him. They're either very much his class, we should keep him, or he doesn't score enough goals, he's useless, not interested. Um, but for me, you know, I'd, I'd quite like to see Town try and do something with him because I think he, he does offer something different, doesn't he? He's very different to, to Jackson and Norwood. He is, as you say, he's got the pedigree, he's got the technical ability, he's got the hair, which is important. Um, so I... I Speaking for myself, I'd quite like to see Will Keane still at town next season, whenever that might be. But what about you, my friend? You know what you're talking about. I don't. Where do you stand with Will Keane? Uh, lose the man, bun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I think I probably would. I think simply because he offers something different. I've, yeah. 
Wilkins had to be patient before. Last summer, he didn't sign for Ipswich till late in August. Um, and I think he might have to be patient again. But potentially, Ipswich might be in the market for another striker if and when football resumes. Because I don't think you would just go with Norwood and Jackson because because you need somebody else in there. They're either they'll either go back for Will Keane or they will have come to the conclusion that they need a proper brute target man and that will be the guy that they they go for and I think that's probably probably the choice they will make but all things being equal I, I wouldn't be against Will Keane coming back at all but may, maybe maybe it's a decision to move him on because of a recognition that they need something a little little bit different again like yeah. in terms of a big a big guy but they're the two scenarios I, I, I would certainly not have an issue with him coming back maybe it's recognition Hutchie that um, they already have someone waiting in the wings that maybe Keane's blocking someone who's, who 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 Mark someone who's maybe starred recently on loan at, at air uh, Irishman you may know him as a Drizzy maybe that's the, the reason for the decision who knows I mean, I mean, yeah, I've neglected to mention that, haven't I? Yeah. It's all right. It's the best kept secret in football. It'll explode at some point. Um, Danny, Rowe. Danny Rowe, my friend. I've always quite liked Danny Rowe. Um, but how about you? Would you, would you, where do you stand on, on him? Um, I've always quite liked Danny Rowe, but I like Jack Lancaster more. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think he would struggle to get games if if Jack's back, um, if Jack's back and fit and playing. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, I think for Danny Rowe, it's probably he needs to. He's twenty eight. I didn't quite realise or appreciate how old he was. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think he needs to find himself somewhere where he can be a regular starter because I like him. He's a good player, and I. Would I'd be pleased if Ipswich looked to keep him as a kind of a squad player, but I think if Jack Lancaster's fit and uh and firing, I think he'll struggle to play. So I think maybe a move somewhere else mm. might be good. But you've got to recognize as well, this is a difficult time. I feel for the guys that are being released at this time because it's a you know, lots of jobs in this country are under under threat at the moment. Think times are hard, and that football's football's no different. There's going to be that was it, fourteen hundred out of contract players they were mm-hmm. talking about potentially throughout the EFL. Being one of those must be really difficult. But I would I'd back Danny Rowe to to find himself a club and um, find a home where he can play regularly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's know what you think about, um, uh, about all the contracts, if you agree or not. Um. Actually, before we move on to mailbag, there's a couple of other things I just want to touch on. Firstly, news broke yesterday that Town, pre the disastrous reign of Paul Hurst, Harry Redknapp reckons that Marcus Evans offered the job to Frank Lampard. Yeah, Harry does reckon. Um, I think Harry might potentially be um, remembering things ever so slightly differently to how they happened. Um Frank was certainly interviewed by Ipswich more than once, um, but I, I don't think he was offered the job. I think, I think Harry has maybe got 
selective memory there. Marcus would certainly have liked Frank Lampard and would have considered that and I'm sure he would have been keen. But in terms of actually being offered the job, um, I don't think that happened. In Harry's recollection, Frank says to Harry, what do I do? It's a good club, but they've got no budget. Yeah, budget is... Budget's kind of been been talked about as the sticking point here. Yeah. And... um, yeah, that, that was reported at the time back back in the summer of 2018 that the budget that he would have had at Ipswich was incredibly different to what he ultimately ended up working with um, at Derby. Um, mm. And for that reason, that's why those talks didn't go any further at the time. So, yeah, I think Harry's right in that sense. But in terms of actually being offered the job, only one man was offered the job, and that and that was Paul Hurst. It would have been exciting, though, wouldn't it? Frankie Lamps at town. That would have been that would have been sexy. That would have read my engine, to use a term from the olden days. Yeah, I, it, you know, it would have been reminiscent of Roy the Roy Keane years, wouldn't it? In terms of the attention that it would have got and, and things like that, it, it, it does make you wonder what might what might have happened because obviously there was no budget comparatively speaking compared to Derby but you would think that he might have been able to twist Chelsea's arm to maybe send a, some younger younger players it switch his way mm. um, who knows who knows what would have happened but yeah I think Harry Harry's maybe maybe remembered it ever so slightly different to how it actually happened that's a shocking claim. Oh uh, yeah, who am I to who am I to question Harry? One of the great raconteurs, Harry. Um and just before we move on to mailbag, I want to do the and finally section this week. Just on the update on the uh, the John Nolan five K KOA race, which uh, I fired the starting pistol on last week. We had a flurry of activity from guys um saying they they could run faster than Nolan and improving it. So Nolan's 5K was it was a quite frankly rapid 1627. <clears throat> we had quite a few guys get involved on Twitter sharing pictures of their own runs. So I just want to give them a name a name check before we move on. Ryan Prout, he rinsed John. He did 15 minutes 16 seconds, which is very swift. What was Nolan's time? 1627. Okay. So Ryan's beaten him by a good minute and a bit there. Um, we also have Aaron Scott, who did. What did he do? I think his was 14.33, which is ridiculous, Aaron. <laughs> That's incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Nathan King, one of our regular listeners, I think one of the KOA Live um, attendees. He recorded uh, sub-30, almost sub-29 minutes, which is a very respectable time. Good effort, Nathan. Stick with it. So Aaron Scott, um, we had Kieran Clements, 14.24, which again is just getting ridiculous. Um what was the other one? Danny Rock, I want to shout out as well. He's uh, he, he did his, he gets extra points. His was 14.56. His course was basically a big loop around Portman Road. So uh, he gets extra points for that. D-Rock, as I like to call him. He says it's a very good area for speed work. So there you go. Just want to, just want to shout out the people who have, uh, have taken part in the, the John Nolan 5K challenge. 
So Hutchie, shall we shall we get involved in mailbag now? Is there anything yes. you want to discuss pre-mailbag? Nope. Okay, can we have the song? Mailbag, mailbag. It's time for Mark and Andy to dip into the mailbag. Nailed it. You held you held that note admirably there at the end. Um right, Thanks. first question is from Kevin Hurst. <clears throat> we have already discussed this, but thanks for your input, Kevin. He says when things become clear in regards to next season, will Rowan King offer the deal? We just chatted about that. George Lee wants to know, would Idris be able to go back to Cambridge to complete the season if and when that happens? League two seasons off, isn't it? Cambridge on uh, Yeah. Yeah. So the answer is no. He wouldn't have a he wouldn't have a season to go back to. However, if it was happening and he recovered significantly quicker than usual from medial ligament damage, yeah. uh, in terms of contracts, uh, he would have been. Okay. Nigel G, friend of the show. Take your he- hero discount on a new mattress, Nigel, if you need one. I'll point yeah. you in the right direction. Nigel's got a good question. He says, who are your top three sports commentators of all time? And what's your favourite piece of sports commentary ever? Hope you're all well. Hashtag stay safe. <clears throat> it's a good question. Because commentary is a vital part of sport. You don't really think about too much. Um, what are you saying? Do you, need some water? Do you need some water, Mark? I'm just going to have a cough. I'm going to throw it to you and then uh, I'm going to have a cough. So you take this question. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. That's got it. Nailed it. Um, favourite sports commentators? I like some of the classics. I like Brian Moore, my football yes. my football choice. Yeah. I like Murray Walker. Yeah. On Formula One. And um, I don't know. Brenna Woolley, probably. The man with the voice like rich molasses. Yep. I think that's a key part of of being a, a good commentator is having a distinctive voice, isn't it? A voice that you instantly associate with that person, know who it is. Um, and Brenner certainly has one of those voices. For me, commentator-wise, I would, I would agree with you. Brian Moore, I think, is the peak of football. Although I, I always used to enjoy Motson as well, obviously, back in the day. Um, I like, and I'm going to shock you now, a couple of my favourites were from the cricket world. Um, what? I know. Richie Benno. In in terms of in terms of their kind of ability to commentate and also at times to be silent, which I think is also quite an important part of commentary, knowing when to be quiet and just let things play out. Obviously that depends if you're on radio or TV. But I always like Richie Benno. Yeah. Um Blowers, the incredible Yeah. You know, my, my dear old thing. He's, <laughs> he is fantastic. Uh, I always used to listen uh, like listening to him. And then obviously the American guys, Hutchie, uh, John Madden and Pat Summerall back in the day on NFL were, were a team that can't really be, bit, be bettered. Marv Albert calling the old playoff games in the NBA. Yeah. Voice, Kevin Harlan as well. Um, and also, I, I can't remember his name, but the guy that does pretty much all the big baseball games has an incredibly good voice. Um, I can't remember his name. No, I can't help you there. What about boxing? Who are the who are well, your boxing wise? I really like Mike Costello. Is he five live? He's five live, but he yeah. 
me, he is as someone who com has commentated. <clears throat> obviously, I've, I've been commentating on on MMA now for four years. As someone who does that, um, Pacello is someone I really look up to because it. Until you until you do commentary, I don't think you realise how much of a skill it is. Uh, to kind of describe what's happening with flourish and also kind of add add value to to what people are watching um as well and also be able to bring in your co-commentator and and throw in facts and and stats that are applicable as well um it's it's a real skill so yeah i mean in terms of my top three i don't know if i'd have a I, costello would certainly be up there um yeah i don't know about an actual top three though how about you i've said mine you said yours how about your favorite piece of sports commentary um, it's more 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 than a kind of piece in time. Yeah. Rather, it's a it's a almost like a catchphrase. I love Murray Walkers, and it's go go go. I love that. I love I love little catchphrases, like um, who is it? Um, Mike Breen, who commentates on the NBA in America. Yeah. Every time in a in a big game, if someone's kind of heating up from three three like three point shooting, he just goes bang. Yeah, every time it goes in, I, I love little catchphrases like that. And I yeah. think you need. Have you got one when you're? Marv Albert, Marv Albert used to say, uh, "Putting the moves on," didn't he? Jordan, putting the moves on. That yeah. was one of the. Uh, that was one of the classics from Albert. And also, I, I, is it Harlan? I'm not sure it is, but um, someone comes out with when there's been a big play in basketball. If you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. That kind of <laughs> um, in terms of my favourite commentary, though, I mean, obviously, most people would. Our push would would probably throw to the. They think it's all over 1966 stuff, but um, from from my own kind of passion, that little known fact is that the, the Rumble in the Jungle, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, um, the commentator was none other than Sir David Frost, which uh, who at the time was a massive deal in America, um, and obviously interviewed um, disgraced President Nixon, and he ended up doing some of the commentary on that fight. And I think I'm right in remembering this. When Ali knocks out Foreman at the end, and this is a fight where everyone thought that Ali would get smashed to bits, there's genuine fears for his safety in this in this fight. Um, Frost says something along the lines of, oh my God, he's champion again. And it, it just kind of reflects the, the outpouring of relief and also shock that he's managed to pull once more against the odds. This great boxer, this great champion has defied the odds and won the title in spectacular fashion against a guy everyone thought was going to kill him genuinely thought might kill him um so yeah that that always sticks in my head for me because it's nice. kind of, of the entire nation world feeling at that time he's done it how's he done it um yeah so that would be that would be up there for me um good question nigel i like that one now then this is a good one as well we've got a new viking friend kinor Sorensen. Uh, yes from denmark says hello i've listened to this podcast a long time now but I'm afraid my English isn't good yet. It's a lot better than my Danish, Kinor. Um, I want to know who you guys think is the best ever Danish Ipswich player. He says, I know Knudsen wasn't great, but like me and other Danes, he's very friendly. <laughs> love safe from from Copenhagen. Now, I love Copenhagen, Hutchie. One of my favourite places. Yeah. I know you've, you've been there quite a lot as well. Tivoli yep. Gardens, fantastic. Uh, beautiful place yeah. in, in Copenhagen. Um, so your favourite Danish player at town, Hutchie? Have there been many others than Knudsen? I, I can't think. Um, Klaus Thompson. Yeah. He was a midfielder in the nineties. Um, Thomas Gardso. <clears throat> um, 
Unless I'm overlooking someone, I think that might be it. Potentially. So who who would your favourite be? Mine would definitely be Nudson. I used to I used to like Nudson just because he came up with things like working our bollocks off. Hmm. And also obviously the, the goals against Norwich, the mad dog persona, um, the beef with Pittman. For all those reasons I always I always had a little soft spot for Jonas Nudson. Um Yeah. How about you? Um yeah, yo yeah, I like Jonas, but I would probably the one I've watched the most out of those would be Thomas Gardso, mm. who I really liked as a player. He's had a bit of swagger about him as a defender, which is quite hard to do. Um but yeah, I, I like I liked Thomas Gardso, I think. I I think he could have achieved more at Ipswich if he'd if he'd stayed a bit longer. Mm. I spoke to him earlier this summer. Go go back and read it if you haven't. It's um yeah. quite interesting. It's a good interview, isn't it? He talks about leaving Ipswich and, and uh, his feelings about that. It's certainly go back and read that. One of the, the, the good isolation interviews that the boys have done. How about your favourite Danish player ever, Hutchie? Schmeichel. Schmeichel's got to be up there, hasn't he? The Loudrup boys yeah. as well. Yeah. They were class. Um, yeah. Thomas Graverson. Yes. One of the most fascinating Danish players ever who ended up kind of playing central midfield with the rest of the Galacticos at Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, very bizarre time at, at Real Madrid for him. I always, you obviously, can't think about Danish football without thinking about them winning Euro '92 against all the odds. Mm. Um, and also, I can't remember what game it was. It was either the final or the semi-final where one of their players dislocated his kneecap. Oh, uh, yeah. His kneecap went behind his leg. <laughs> yeah, and also the fact their kits are uh, made by Hummel. Yes. Um, if Ipswich ever parted with Adidas in terms of their kit partner, um, I would I would endorse a move to Hummel. There you go. I like it. It's great to hear from new listeners, and especially those further afield. So, Kinor Sorensen, welcome on board. You uh, you go alongside Sindre Eliasson as a, among our Viking friends now. Um, Harvey Davis, friend of the show. Sweet one. We'll, we'll ditch the numbers, right? Is that officially in ditch now? Yeah, because the numbers we've just the forgotten them all. Is, the official list is on the wall in the office, which obviously we've not been in for months, and I've I've forgotten the numberings. So we'll go with Alan for now. Harvey wants to know if Lambert gets the boot. Not that I think he will. Would Nigel Clough be a good shout as manager? I've always liked the idea of Paul Dick Tisdale. He did a great job at Exeter with next to no money, playing great football, and it just didn't work out with Milton Keynes. Plus, his fashion sense is sensational. And that is, Harvey, that is important. You're right. Um, so, yeah, one of the things we've not mentioned, the, the start, perhaps, of the the coronavirus effect on football, Nigel Clough parting ways with, with Burton earlier this week because of coronavirus. They came out and said, basically, because of the finance situation that's created, they asked Nigel to, to step away. Um, who knows how much more we'll see of that. But Nigel Clough, Hutchie, in a world where Lambert is no more, would you like to see him at town? I do wonder. Um, just go before we get to Clough. I do wonder that whether um, maybe Nigel Clough was considering a move away from Burton anyway. Mm. Um, 
because obviously they're, they're saying that the virus has played a part in that in terms of his departure maybe helping the finance a little bit there but I do wonder whether that uh, sort of a mutual parting of the ways was on the cards there in, in any case. He's had two really good spells at that club and has done some amazing things. Um, amazing things there, taking them from, from the depths of non-league to the championship and and things like that. But they did seem to be kind of stabilising back again at, at this level, mm. uh, League One level. Um, would I like to see him at Ipswich? I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him get an, another good club somewhere because I do like him. I like him as a manager. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be against seeing him as an Ipswich manager down the road. Um, yeah, why not? I'd certainly like to see a club in charge of Ipswich. That'd be good, given my uh, my history of revering his dad, Brian Clough, the greatest of all time. Uh, Luke Penning, another. Kerry live attendee. With King not being kept on, do you think it's realistic to anticipate the inclusion of Falami, Morris, Simpson and Drynan, who did really well in his loan spell with Air? He did indeed, Luke. Uh, surely it's the time to focus on young players and it saves money during these uncertain times. They've all got they've all got qualities. Um, I think Simpson's maybe a little bit a little, a little young. I think he could benefit from a loan. Um, I think it's now or never for Falami in terms of making a breakthrough. Um, yeah, they've all got some. I, I, I've liked what I've seen of Falami. Every time I've seen him play, I've, I've liked the look of him. Um, Simpson, Ben, Ben Morris, I like as well. He's, he's. You couldn't really be more different from Will Keane to Ben Morris, but, but Ben. Ben, I think, could play one of the wide forward roles as well. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some there's definitely some excitement there, and it, and it could well be that youth youth needs to be relied on now, just just through the finance of it all, and that could open some doors to some young young players, and that would um you know they would be ones that would be hopeful of of taking those chances. They've all got they've definitely all got something about them. I like that Luke is a fellow fan of Brian as well. He's put together a highlight <laughs> sort of driving. Yeah. yeah, you can stick together on that one. Yeah, we can be joining friends. Um, Alex Herbert, a good question. This we've talked about this, Hutchie. What's your take on owners on Twitter? It's great hearing from them. McAnthony QA is interesting, and he and Holt offer a lot of good info currently. But I think there's a good reason most owners aren't on it. When's Marcus signing up for a blue tick? Uh, yeah. hold your breath there, Alex. Um, and we've talked about McAnthony before, haven't we, Hutchie? He is absolute gold for us, but he would be a nightmare if you were the Peterborough United reporter. Would he not? Horrific. You'd wake up every single morning and the first thing you would do before you even said good morning to your wife, before you even thought about breakfast, would be just need to check Dara's Twitter just yeah. in case. Just in case. So, um, yeah. yeah. A nightmare. It's good every now and then for us to be able to dip in and out of what he says because he's very open. Yeah. Having to cover that full time, that would add a lot of stress to your your shoulders, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, but but in general, though, I I think you can maybe take it a little bit too far. But I, I really I do quite like kind of the openness and tra- and seeming transparency that he has with people. Um, in general, I like that. But mm-hmm. 
I think there probably are times where he regrets kind of being that way. I would imagine it. He's clearly got a skin thick enough to handle it, but um, you invite a fair amount of criticism to come your way when you're quite that open. But you know, I I quite like him if I'm honest. I agree. I agree. Uh, our American friend, most hated. I, I wish you'd I wish you'd offer a different name. I, I don't really like calling you most hated. It feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he he said he just chimed in to say that he liked the uh, the length and the option. Uh, on the Scoose contract. Uh, he says, especially if we lose down to soft season. That's an American term. I like it. Uh, season. I would have liked to see King's option picked up as well. So good input there from, from overseas. Uh, Sindra Lyson, another one of our Viking friends, the original. Uh, he says, speaking of Harland and bad interviews, this is the, um, I haven't actually seen this, but the, it's been doing the rounds, hasn't it? The Erling Harland. Yeah, yeah. Interview or what? What is it? I haven't actually seen it. Um, it's actually quite unfair on him. It's a clip taken from a longer interview where he's absolutely fine. Yeah. Throughout throughout the whole of it, and then the the clip that's been doing the rounds is after um after Dortmund beat Schalke at the weekend, they went and did their usual kind of salute to the yeah what, what's called the yellow yellow wall at the at their stadium, even though there were no fans there, they still did that. And he was just asked, um, "Why? Why did you do that?" And he just replied, "Why not?" But he was perfectly fine with the journalist throughout the whole interview. I think he's. I think it's pretty unfair, actually, the way that that's been, the way that that's been clipped up. He was fine with the guy asking him the questions both before and after that segment. So, um, yeah, bloody needy, always twisting. Awful. Yeah, awful people. <laughs> anyway, Sindre wants to know which players have you struggled most to get decent material out of? So that's a question about players, actually. There have been a few at Ipswich that, that don't particularly like like doing it and mm. provide quite short answers. But in general, actually, at Ipswich, they've all been quite all right. The worst, The worst person that I've had to deal with on a regular basis for stuff like that was Alex Pritchard, you know, who was at Norwich now at Huddersfield, formerly of Tottenham. He was on loan at Swindon and I worked there and he was very young at the time to be fair, but he was really, really hard work as was Luke Wolfenden actually, when he was a lot, a few years younger than he is now. Um, But actually I really, Luke's great to talk to. Um, He just, he doesn't waste. He just doesn't waste a word. I think once you've spoken to somebody more than once, you get to know their character a little bit. And Luke seems like the kind of guy that um, just doesn't waste a word. He won't use any more words than he needs to 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 communicate his point. Efficient. Yeah. Famously, of course, I think we talked about it before, but Paul Taylor was uh, probably the worst in Ipswich Town that I can remember in terms of my on the sports desk a man that wasn't allowed really to give interviews because uh well for good reason by the sounds of things make of that what you will um friend the next question comes from chris warren who chris warren music man never man, heard of him the man behind our, our beautiful club outro slash archant pod teaser um never heard of him it says, hi, Mark, and little big brother. Bet that oh, it's my my brother. Okay. 
he called you that generally, little big brother? That would wind me up. Um, he doesn't call me that, but it's pretty accurate, to be honest, because <laughs> he's about a foot taller than me. Yeah. Um, Chris wants to know, top three foods that most people rave about, um, but you don't get the hype. Uh, he says, I'm going for avocado, pesto and sausage rolls. What? I think I agree with him on sausage rolls, actually. What? Yeah, I'm not massively into sausage. I love pastry and I love sausage. So really... <laughs> Let's clip that up. You've already got a clip of me saying that in the past, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, but you were saying you love sausage. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so really, really, I should love them. But combined, I'm just not that... There's, there's better things that I can think of doing with both of those items. So I'm just not really not really fussed. Another one, bacon. You don't like bacon? I don't not like bacon, but I think it might be overrated. Um, I think I'm with you there, actually. I think we've, we've spoken about this before. Yeah, for me, I'd always go sausage sandwich over bacon sandwich. Yeah, and that goes for even if they're like if they're good sausages or even sometimes a bad sausage. Yeah. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have an issue with that. So okay. yeah. Um so what about bacon, sausage? Something else that's over I should have thought about this a bit more really. Um Something that's overrated. I'll do mine while you think. Yeah, I'd only need one more, don't I? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely agreeing with with your brother on avocado. That is yeah overrated. All this kind of oh, I had smashed avo on toast. Avocado is is not pleasant. Um, it's certainly not this amazing food that everyone makes it out to be. It's greasy, slimy. It tastes weird. I know it's good for you, but it's it's massively overrated. So avocado definitely. Um, other things that people rave about. Oysters, no. Oyster, oysters is like swallowing cold, salty mucus, essentially. The, You've really the, sold that. One of the worst things I've ever put in my mouth, oysters. Uh, I've <laughs> in my mouth over the years. Um, so that'd be up there. And also, the, the kind of, with, I'm sure you'll be up with this, um, Hachi, the Emperor's New Clothes that is bone marrow. Yeah, you don't need to eat bone marrow. People in kind of pretentious catering, bone marrow is, is seen as one of the new hot things or has been. Um, but bone marrow is disgusting. There's, there's no need to be eating bone marrow. The, the, the texture of it is akin to eating the worst jelly you've ever had. Uh, and, it, and it doesn't really taste of anything. It certainly doesn't add anything to a dish. So bone marrow, get in the sea. They're my three. Avocado, oysters and bone marrow. I, I can't I can't agree with him however on pesto which is a wonderful creation anyway yeah I, yeah I completely disagree with him on pesto pesto is really good it's great mm. it's great what about your final one then uh I can't think of another one this is terrible isn't it there's nothing no because you're obviously a bit bit of a foodie um nothing overrated that you can think of that you don't really care for um, there are things I don't like, yeah, but but I don't know if they're necessarily highly rated. What th tell me some things that are highly rated in the food world? Uh, 
I think I've probably hit two there in oysters and uh Yeah, oysters. I'm with you on oysters. There's no need. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh well, another one would be foie gras as well, obviously. I've never had that, but it doesn't it doesn't tickle me. It's just A, it's obviously horrendously cruel the way they produce it, and B, um it's not particularly nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, definitely foie gras will be up there as well. Um, Roast what just pork in general. Aside from a sausage, yeah, I'm not that bothered about pork. You're not a fan of pork belly? No, not, not really. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kick it out of bed. But oh, um, yeah, actually, yeah, you got that. That's nice, but it has to be the right occasion. I'm not gonna suddenly be walking through town and there's a bloke with his pig on a spit, and I just <laughs> suddenly think, you know what? I'm gonna get some, get me some hog roast. Yeah, but if it's like a friend of mine um, had that as what well, as part of their wedding a few years ago, and that was really nice, kind of as the sun was going down um, around some fires with a with some hog roast. The setting made that good, but in general, in general, pork's overrated. I'd agree with you, man. I would, hundred percent. Certainly down there on my list of favourite meats. If I was to if I was to order them. Um, Good question, Chris. Thanks for getting involved and thanks again for being the man who brought the music to the show. Um, Tim Harvey, how do you think Lampard would have fared as manager instead of first? I think it'd have lasted longer. Yeah. Um, probably. <laughs> I think he'd have had quite a lot more of a bounce under Lampard. I yeah. Because obviously he can walk into a dressing room and tell the likes of Chambers and players like that who apparently weren't too happy at Hurst ordering them around. He, he could, he has the background in the game to kind of suggest that he knows what he's doing and, and yeah. Yeah. tell players at a, a championship club what they should be doing. I think you'd have just found so, I don't think you could have found a more kind of chalk and cheese management management contrast than Frank Lampard to Paul Hurst at that time. And you look at the recruitment that, that Hurst did it would have been obviously would have been completely different. Of course, Lampard ended up signing Martin Waghorn, mm. so you think you'd have thought Waghorn would have stayed and been the centerpiece. Um, they probably wouldn't have gone down. That's we'll never know the answer to this question, but I think it would still be a Championship club now if it was if that appointment was made. Nice to think about, isn't it? How it would have gone. Um, next question is one that's going to be very controversial with you, Hotchie. James Gulp shares a view with me. I have I have uh, floated before and got shot down. James Gulp, the, the Dirty Birds fan. Uh, I used to be a staunch UK office fan, he says, before I recently started watching the US office. I have to think the US office is better and I enjoy it more. Discuss. Not having this. <laughs> Um, I mean, they're just complete. They're completely different. I don't. Yeah. They are. I, I'm not. I'm not saying the American one's bad. I quite like it, but they're so different. Um, if they were, if they had different names, they should have had different names. Yeah. Um, I I am a big fan of the American Office, but as you say, they're very very different shows, and you can like them both without yeah, having to compare them. Um, 
obviously the uh, Steve Carell's version of Brent is probably a little bit more lovable. Um, and yeah. some of the some of their episodes are some of the best sitcom I've ever seen. They're tremendous and, and genuinely moving, much as the UK office was. Um, I, I like them both. And like you say, I think they're, they're too different, really, to compare. Apart yeah. from the yeah. very first American office, which is basically the first episode of the UK office with the same plot line and everything. Um, there, it does, that doesn't compare very well. But... Uh, um. Yeah, on a whole. Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt you? Yeah, we've got some actual breaking news. Uh, uh new new contract for Armando Dobra. Oh, which we've talked about quite a lot on here before. Um, but it's done. A three year three year contract to the summer of twenty twenty three, with an option for another year on top of that. That's good news, then, Hachi. Yeah, good news. That's been that's been in the works for quite some time, and um. Great news that it's done. Superb. Okay. Well, we better we better speed through these last mailbags so we can get that online. Oh, don't mate, it's done. Don't worry. You've you've already done it. Yeah. Mate, I'm... you are a different a different level of gravy, my friend. Your podcasting, your webbing stuff. You're probably on the phone to someone else at the same time. Unbelievable. Um, Stephen Foster, who I believe is uh. BBC Radio Suffolk, isn't he, Foz? Yep, certainly um, is. He wants to know, are we another step closer to Chambers, Scoose, running the show? They'd certainly be a lot cheaper than the current boss and his staff. And he says, look what's happened at Burton. So, obviously, at Burton, um, Jake Buxton's taken over, hasn't he? The skip, the club captain from, yeah, uh, yeah. from Nigel Clough. So, what do you reckon, Hutchie? It's hard not to suddenly make your mind jump to what that would mean if the same situation happened at Ipswich. Um, but same, I say the same as I've. Whenever we've talked about Chambers, the manager, I'd really like to see him go away and and learn his trade somewhere else before or before coming back. Um, the trouble is with that. I think Luke, for that to happen, Luke would have to accept dropping down the football pyramid to start that management journey. Yeah. Um, wouldn't shock me if it happened one day. Yeah, I, th- I I agree with you. I think I think Chambers has to go away to come back. I, I, I'm not sure it would be a good move for him to take over nowish. Um, I think he has to go away and earn his corn and, and learn his craft a little bit and then come back as the as the returning hero. I think that would be, be mm. before I would like to see Chambers one day manage town. Uh, I would be absolutely fascinated. Yeah. Mainly because I'm interested to see what he'd wear on the sidelines. I think I've mentioned that before. <laughs> very much in the in the very dapper tier of managers on the sidelines. Um couple of, couple of thoughts on the uh, on the contracts thing. I'll just shoot through these. Ross Evans. Says it was good to see Skew sign his deal. I was disappointed that we aren't keeping Keane. I think he's our best forward in terms of quality and goal threat. And I think we'll miss him next season. He asked what we think. We obviously talked about that. And then King Arthur Pickthorn just says, I know a lot's been said on both sides when it comes to Skews. I just cannot understand why you would keep a player because he can, in quotes, do a decent job in League One. That phrase screams mediocrity and says a lot about where we are. Feel free to disagree. Um, Again, we've talked about Scoose. 
Harry Butcher, actually. Harry Butcher. Darts master, friend of the show. Not so much a question from Harry. He says, Mark, I think I saw you walking home from work last Wednesday. I was in a car and waved and smiled, but got nothing back. I'm not sure if it was you or not, mate. Lol, it was around five. Harry, I can reveal that was definitely not me because I'm not going into work at the moment. My my house, my home is my work and my castle. So you would definitely not have seen me last Wednesday walking back from work. What, um, is, what is furthest away from your house you have been in the last two months? Oh, God, that's a good question. Um, probably just into Bury. Um, like for a supermarket and stuff? Yeah, to go get fencing some food and and uh, other essentials that kind of stuff um definitely that's the first i've been which is a matter of five six miles from here how about yourself i've probably been i've cycled probably on my bike would have been my furthest distance mm. cycled out of um out of ipswich and up round sort of bucklesham way but yeah not very far Depressing. certainly not to Doncaster or wherever we're supposed to have been yeah for working reasons that's uh now you've asked me that question actually that kind of puts it into stark contrast isn't it as to uh just how crazy this world is that we're living yeah. in um final question for mailbag chris miles after blitzing through the last dance or dance as i would say he says brackets phenomenal um it's a long, long time since town had anyone with that win-at-all-cost mentality. It's not even the ability of MJ, obviously that's Michael Jordan, but someone who will pass the drive to win on to the rest of the team. Is this why we're languishing in League One? Um, I mean, you've you got obviously got to start that by saying that Michael Jordan is a once-in-a-generation, in a 100-year sort of talent and, and, and personality. Uh, and yes, yeah. This kind of maniacal drive to win and ability to make people around him better, but that I would say also actually that's easier to do in basketball when there's only five players on the court and you're one of them. Yeah. In football, obviously there's eleven, and it's a lot harder to be literally drag your team along with you. Um, what, what are you saying then? <clears throat> who who was the last person at town with that kind of win at all costs? Brilliantly. Jim Magilton. Uh, yeah. On the on the playing side, yeah, um, yeah, that's a pretty hard question to answer because Ipswich haven't had anybody kind of with that standing in their even even close to that having Michael Jordan's standing within basketball since what the eighties. So, um, yeah, pretty hard question. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you're not going to get that obviously cut caliber of individual in League One, are you? Um, you'd have to be yeah. very much towards the top of the of the Premier League before you'd attract someone who could even compare to Jordan in terms of stats. You know, a worldwide icon who's transcended the sport and is essentially an unstoppable winning machine, as well as being probably the best player there's ever been. Um, what did you make of the last couple of episodes of Last Dance? Just quickly, Hutchie. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Um... You just started to sort of tie up the actual narrative there, didn't you? Yeah. Especially in the last one, which was which was interesting, but I think I think it was past the peak to use current language. 
but, but very, very good documentary series. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch it for, for episode one. I think what you say, <clears throat> for me, I think episode seven and eight, when they deal with, with Jordan and his teammates and the way he played, I think that was the most interesting stuff for me. Um, that was really, really good insight. Uh, right, that's it for Mailbag then, Hutchie. So, how are we doing for, for rolling time? Um, over an hour. Are we? Oh, blimey. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hour 20, hour and 25, something like that. It's quite a long one today. This has been a long one. I've been sat on the floor of my TV room the whole time. My legs are in bits. Um, anything else to discuss, Hutchie, before I do the usual spiel? No other business. No other business. Excellent. Well, that just leaves me to say, as usual, please hit subscribe on your various podcast providers if you've enjoyed what we do. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It helps us very much in visibility in the iTunes charts. We've not had one for a little while. And also follow us across all the social medias, Kings of Anglia, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, you name it. Also, I want to shout out um, something we're doing tomorrow. That's Thursday lunchtime, if you listen to this. Um, we are having a virtual Ipswich Town open house chat hosted by yours truly with Hutchie, Hutchie Hogan on the panel uh, and also the editor of the Anglian Star, Brad Jones. The idea is to get as many people as possible on a Zoom chat to discuss what's going on at town, the future and, and, and how things might improve. Um, get involved in that. You have to you have to uh, register uh, for that, and I'll uh, I'll share a link again. Um, if you've not seen that, you should be able to find it on our social media. So if you go back, just click on uh, register, and you'll be allowed to join that tomorrow. That should be good. Um, yeah, so that's it really. Who knows, Hutchie? Will we be doing another one of these podcasts at some point this week with the, the season finally decided? Who also, knows? Who knows? I wouldn't I wouldn't take bets on it to be honest. We thought we knew what was going on last week. I think it might rumble on even still. We shall see. Um, all right then, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have a great week wherever you are. Um, look out for the latest Ross Meets on Saturday, which I believe is Scott Loach we're putting out this Saturday. Um, they've been going down pretty well. Um, so, yeah, have a, have a great week. Uh, join us tomorrow if you can on the, on the live chat. If not, we'll speak to you next week. And we've got a couple of little things up our sleeves. Obviously, it's anniversary of the uh, promotion, that famous day in the year 2000 and we've got a few things up our sleeve Hutchie's working on some great content for that so look out for that have a great week we'll see you again next time from true crime to football Brexit to Oakville for more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
exit to Poseville. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.